Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 48. So 48, it was a, this was a tough one. This was a tough one to figure out who we were going to name the episode after. Uh, Philly originally said Danny Briere. Yeah, it was that like was the first one that came to mind. That's yeah. my pick. Yeah. Okay, but well, then we thought. to hear who McGee brought up to me because it's, it's, uh, it's a showstopper. It is a showstopper. So I thought to myself, who else wore number 48? And then the second, the second player Wait, that came to my mind. What after league Danny is it? Brianna, what league is it? Just NHL. any. No, just the any. The ever. OMHA? <laughs> I know who it is. Can I guess? Yes. Kent Nakamichi. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> Episode 48, The Knack. Yeah, so as soon as McGee says it to me, I'm thinking like, yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. And then light bulb goes off. I'm like, wait a minute, McGee. So, McGee, give a little uh, talk here so like we don't have too much awkward silence. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) Philly's taking off his AirPods. He's putting them on his desk. He's taking his tarp off. Holy fuck, it's the most chiseled guy I've ever seen. And he's putting on Kent Nakamichi's jersey, number 48. And it's an it's autographed. The front of it is autographed by Nak himself. Yeah. So yeah. so like I was saying to McGee, we had in uh, in first year midget the waxers. We had our own room, and uh, like whenever we'd go away for a little bit, sometimes other teams would use it. So we went away on the Calgary trip, and we were gone for like two weeks or a week and a half, whatever it was. We come back, and in my stall, hanging up, is an autographed Kent Nakamichi jersey. (laughs) So I've taken that thing with me everywhere. Like, I brought it. So I got that thing when I was in grade 11. It's been hanging in my closet all of grade 12. Uh, I brought it to London with me. It was in my closet in first year. It was in my house in second year, like, hanging up and stuff. So this this thing will be with me forever, man, honestly. Like, legendary jersey. The, the should be hanging in the rafters. It should be hanging in the rafters of Millican Mill. Millican Mill Marina. Right in the McDonald's. Yeah. But yeah. Then episode 48, the knack app. So, not yeah, not bad. But anyways, so last episode, we had, <laughs> what did we call it, OC? Oh, I called it the replacement. And then after yeah. I published it, you texted me. Fill in guy. Fill in guy. We should have called it <laughs> fill in guy. <laughs> OC is the designated fill-in guy. So yeah. OC stepped up big time, came in clutch, and uh, helped co-host episode forty-seven last episode. And uh, McGee, like, what 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 is your review? How do you think he did as co-host of Lads and Launchers? Dude, I think the podcasting game is a lot like riding a bike. Uh, <laughs> once you learn, you never forget. There's a place. Yeah. There's a place behind the Lads and Launchers mics for you whenever you want it. So. Oh, see, great job one. But get this. I come up to Waterloo my first day of moving in. So I moved in. Wi-Fi guys. But well, originally, the current tenants were like, yeah, we'll leave our Wi-Fi there until the 31st. We'll have it removed after you guys get moved in. And then our Wi-Fi guy was supposed to come September 1st. So we get there. Wi-Fi is out. When we, like, they just snaked us and moved their Wi-Fi. So we have two days without Wi-Fi. We're like, fuck, Philly, I can't do the episode. No Wi-Fi. Then... Next thing you know, the Wi-Fi guy comes on the morning of the first and says, oh, there's damage to like your, your cable box on the side of your house. So we got to send a cable guy out first before we can send the bell guy to come and install our Wi-Fi. And I'm like, oh, how long is that going to take? He's, I don't know, probably like one to two days. So I get back in today. I'm like, so? Any news? He goes, yeah, probably one to two days. 
And that, that's for just to get the cable repair box fixed. And then it's another one to two days after that until the bell guy comes and oh, actually gee. does the Wi-Fi hookup. So I'm like sitting here like for a, a week without a week, a week and a bit without Wi-Fi. Let me tell you, like it's I'm hot spotting on my phone right now for Christ's sake. Yeah. And we just what have interv- interviews lined up out the wazoo too. <laughs> I, know, it's, I know. This was a bad week to choose to to line up interviews. Let me tell you. So what Hopefully are you doing to keep busy? Man, what are you doing to keep busy besides uh, besides drinking? <laughs> well, <laughs> thankfully, uh, I'm in the, a member of Laurier's orientation team, so I'm, I'm participating in some O week events, which is keeping me there busy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, if I wasn't doing that, who knows what I'd be doing? Yeah, no good, Netflix, though. no nothing. Nothing, nothing. As far as the Roku, my little Roku device, <laughs> a little days. Monopoly deal. <laughs> yeah, strictly board games for us in this house. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like a little recap of last episode. Um, it actually ties in perfectly that this is the Ken Nakamichi episode. Um, Ken texted me after actually and said, because we, we always know when we do like the master debater stuff or we bring up lists, people are going to message us and say like, hey, you forgot this. So for the most part, I think we, we pretty much had it down. Um, I did get a couple reviews. So first off, apparently Yam is a potato, is a potato. OC. Oh, so, dude, yo, you went at my neck there. I, well, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way you like yam. It's not a potato. It's a yam. No, apparently a yam is a potato. That still could be wrong. Like I, we don't do that much research here. Like we're just going off the dome. Yeah. Maybe give it a fact check for us right now. But apparently, first of all, yam is a potato. So whoops. Apologies to all the yam fans. That's our bad. Uh, Second of all, Kent messaged me and said, what were you thinking? You guys forgot potato skins and potato skins are a good call man that was that was a like a mess up on our behalf potato skins should have been mentioned they should have been thrown in the list so yo shout out ken like you're getting too many shout outs this episode (laughs) i can confirm i can confirm that yam is a potato nice so yeah we did we had an unnecessary argument there could have rolled with it yeah, where she goes. Yeah, that's, hey. that's news to me. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a potato, yeah. so it's yeah, a, this is an educational, fans. informative podcast here. So there we go. It is, yeah. Okay, so then also on the recap topic here, uh, on the last episode, you said that you and Anger were going to be playing a golf match to determine who drives for our, our trip that we're taking this weekend. And uh, like a little spoiler, we're we're doing this on a Wednesday right now because the trip is taking place. Full take full responsibility for that. I, I apologize to McGee. I was like, hey man, listen, can't record, can't edit this weekend. Can we can we record the episode? Uh, can we re- record the episode a little bit earlier? He said, yep. So here we are, Wednesday night. We're recording this, but today was the match. Today you face off against Anger to determine who drives on our trip. OC. Take us through the match. How did it go? Because I, I said I was so confident. I had my money on you. I said you were going to take it home. What happened? How did it go? Yeah, well, we'll go through. I guess we'll go through a little breakdown. I, I, I started off hot. The front nine was definitely better than the back for me. We kind of flipped nines. Like I played better on the front and Ang played better on the back. No spoilers, though. Um, <laughs> so I powered the first couple. I think I was like... Basically, I was one up. I don't know. We were all square after four, so I went one up. Anger got one back. 
And then um, trying to play the holes. Yeah, we both parred five, and then five was a par five. So we pretty much went uh, like all square for the first six. And then we actually, so seven, it's a long par five, a little dog leg. We both smoke driver, just pound it. And like, we can't hit that any better. And then we both just pull out our four irons. We're like 220. Um, and then four iron hit the green. We're right at the front. We've probably, and it's a back pin. So we probably got about 60 feet each for our eagle putts. Okay. We both just come up like 15, 15 feet short each. And we're like, oh shit. So then I, I do, I take my birdie putt, knock it way by. <laughs> and then anyways, end up, I have to make like a four foot slider for par to save. And then anger ends up four jacking it. And this guy's just having like one of his anger meltdowns. Where yeah. He four putts and he just like throws his ball. Oh, it's too good. <laughs> so then I end up going one up off that. And then uh, we both par eight. So it, yeah, I'm sitting at like two over, feeling good, hitting it well. Yeah. No, sitting at three over, feeling good, hitting it well, which was like my, I was three over after four. So I basically ended up like parring the next four holes. Right. And then I hit the green in two on nine, roll like a 20 foot birdie putt, just drops in. So I end up going two up after nine. That's when I text you. I was like, update, yeah. two up after nine, feeling good, shot 37 on the front. Yeah, so I get the text um, from OC. He says two up after nine. I'm pumped. I'm like, here we go. I I told I said on the pod like money's on OC. This guy's got it in the bag. Like, there's no doubt about it. I'm so pumped. I'm reading this text and like he's got it. Like this thing's on lockdown. So then then what happens, OC? Yeah. So anyways, well, how are you feeling after nine? You're like, you thinking you got this in the bag or like you think Ang might? Oh have yeah, it I'm feeling good. Anyone, anytime you have a two up lead after nine, I mean you're feeling pretty good. Obviously, it's like hockey, two-goal lead, worse lead in hockey. Two-up lead, worse lead in golf, probably. Because you lose one, you're thinking, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And usually when you lose one, especially, like, when it's me and Anger, usually, like, you're losing because, like, one of us lost the ball, you know, or, like, we hit a bad shot. So right. you kind of – if you, it's all about, like, momentum swings in the match. And if you get up early, it's almost, like – it's almost bad because you're just waiting for the other guy to get hot and come back. So regardless, um, the back nine kind of start off. I made three straight pars in a row and then, uh, or no, sorry, four straight. They parred 10, 11, 12, 13, and then 14. For whatever reason, I just snap hooked my drive in the other fairway. I'm like, oh no. And I was, I was three up at this point. I had won another hole that anger doubled. <laughs> and then the comeback just starts. I make, I double three of the next four and just making stupid mistakes and then anyways we end up i'm one up after 16 anger wins 17 we're so we're even on 18 <laughs> even on 18 we both pumper it's just like a uh probably like a 420 yard par four i pump four iron down the middle he pumps four iron as well because there's like a creek yeah. in the middle about like 150 yards out so we both had to lay up almost I hit my approach to the middle of the green. This guy hits one over. He's probably like, I'm probably 160 out. Just hit it to the middle because of the tucked right back pin. Yeah. Uh, he's a bit closer. He's about 140 out. He sticks it to like 10 feet. <sighs> I got like 40 feet for par or for birdie. He's got 10. 
So I could try to lag mine up there. I hit it to about six feet. He two putts. So basically where we are now is I got to make this five footer, four footer yeah. to extend the match. Just like hook it on the short side and miss. So Anger ends up winning on 18. So, and then he has her walking off 18, just dab him up. I'm like, fuck. And he just goes, man, I'll drive. It's fine. I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like classic Anger. He's yeah. like, He's like, I'll drive, just buy me some beers. And I was like, all right. Whatever. That's perfect. So we, yeah, but that's what we always do, man. We're always play like a competitive match. And then by the end of it, like no money is exchanged. Nothing happens. It's just like Cares. ends up being for the fun of it. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Hilarious. Well, that's a that's yeah. a legendary move by Anger, honestly. He probably heard his call him out on Be Better a couple times now. Like he knew he's up on the leaderboard. He needs to get a stroke back. He's like, damn, I'll just, I'll just throw one out there. I'll, I'll drive, I'll drive. I think he felt bad because I crumbled. But I did the same thing to him this summer. He was up three with three to play. Yeah. And I stormed back and won the, won the last three. And then I won in a playoff. So <laughs> it's like the same thing. So yeah, I, fair I, enough. He, he definitely doesn't feel bad. He's just, he's just being a good guy. Fair enough. Thanks. Yeah, had a boy anger. But yeah, that's it. That's uh that's how we decide things as men, you know, golf <laughs> no more, hash it no out. more rock, no more rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Fair enough. That's well, yeah. OC, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on and updating us on how the match went. I'm sorry. Sorry. You couldn't win. I uh, didn't get this one, but you know what? I, I have a feeling like you're probably up on them. If you went back and looked at the matches over the summer, like you probably got a, you've probably got them beat. Uh, I know there's a couple more coming, so yeah, it's, it's pretty close. You. It's pretty close. We're about the same handicap, so yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, and updating us. And uh, again, thanks for thanks for helping host last episode. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, it's good yeah. to have you back. It's great to have you back in your natural element as a as a lot yes. of sure. Yeah, yeah, McGee. I'll uh, I'm gonna pass the torch back to you. I guess as a host. I'm so out for now. Gonna, Maybe I'll be back. Enjoy your trip this weekend, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. All right, OC. Thank Thanks, yeah. brother. All right, boys. Take care. Cheers. Yeah. All right. What an absolute pleasure to be able to have a uh, OC come on and give us like a little recap there. I I I was so like panicked when you texted me last week and you're like, "Yo, I don't know if I'm going to be able to record this episode. Like, this is what's going on." And I was like, oh damn, like we'll we'll figure it out. Like, don't even worry. Like, that's just this is what we do. Like, I remember a couple of years, like when we did the podcast originally, there were times where not everyone could be there. But for the most part, it was like always you and I there. Like it was yeah, the consistency yeah. of just you and I being there. And uh I like I remember the one time we were all like freaked out because we always recorded on my computer and I was doing the editing. And like I couldn't be there. And you and OC, just the two of you did the episode. And so it was yeah, like, I you know, see, I, I think I blacked out during that podcast. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, like by some miracle, I just automatically knew how, how, what every button did on the soundboard. I just like, like the ghost of Zach Phillips, just like, it's like in a space jam where they get like infiltrated by the aliens. I just like the secret stuff. Like, I don't know, man. I was just on a, another planet. Cause I remember I was doing something. Yeah. I was we doing something work, that night though. and I was like, boys, Dude, like, I don't know what to do. Here's the board. Like these are the Favorite basics ever, you'll be able to do it like i know you've got this and i just like dropped it off and left and then you're like see ya i was a man possessed yeah, <laughs> yeah you were. <laughs> i remember i was like scared like 
I was honestly, I trusted you guys to be able to do it, but I was a little bit scared because I was like, I don't know how the audio is going to sound here. And I listened to it and I was so proud, I guess. Proud might be the right <laughs> word. I was like, they did it. They pulled it off. Like <laughs> The student becomes the teacher. Yes. You know, I think, I think that, uh, yeah, dude, I'm just not a tech guy. Never have been, never will be. But for, I, was a, I, was, I was mainly scared. I was mainly scared that I would, wouldn't plug it in. And just completely like recorded full, like episode one, like yeah. the very first episode we recorded of Lads and Lawn Shares, uh, that we would just forget to plug it in and not have anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, you know what happened then in that episode, though, McGee. I I would say that it's comparable to uh, what? How would you say like uh, the Jedi became the master? Is that is that what, like the right way to put it? Like the Jedi, like you you became. I, I can't even like Jedi. think you of like how to put the Jedi, the master, the young Padawan. Yeah, you became, the Jedi you became, master. yeah, exactly. That's what, that's, that's the way to put it. The young Padawan became the Jedi master. And you know, you know, who has really honed in on their skills over the last couple of years and they've really, really filled the shoes and taken on the persona of the Jedi and as truly living the Jedi way. I would, I would have to say it's somebody that you've brought up numerous times on the pod. And we were so lucky, so lucky to be able to get a hold of, get in touch with, and get this person to agree to come on the pod. So I think it's time we throw it to our first guest, our guest of the episode, and our first guest in almost a month, the man, the myth, the legend, Jedi Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are honored to welcome to the pod today the most recognizable man in Waterloo. He can be found mesmerizing the public with his flawless lightsaber technique, and has captured the hearts and minds of those fortunate enough to witness his incredible display of skill. We are privileged to welcome him to the pod today, Jedi Guy. How are you? Uh, not too bad. How are you guys? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We uh, just did a little uh, little segment with uh, Laurier for their orientation week, so we're doing pretty well yeah. right now. Yeah, I heard about that on the on your previous podcast. I had to check them out for the before replying to you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Glad, you, glad you listened to us. Yeah. Uh, so for those who basically haven't had the opportunity to kind of see like what you do, uh, yeah. what would you, what would, basically how did you get your start? What, how was it that you decided to kind of go about becoming Jedi guy in the first place? Uh, I was in a, um, a difficult position in my life uh, during the period of time that I started and uh, I needed a, a distraction from the frustrations that I was dealing with. So I went through some old photos and I, uh, I found a photo of myself uh, dressed as Anakin Skywalker from episode one in the pod racer outfit. Uh, and I remembered that I made a promise to myself uh, back when I was six that I was going to be as close to a real life Jedi Knight as I could be when I became an adult. So I spent the past couple of years refining the skills that I was trying to learn back when I was six all the way up to 14. That's awesome. I know, like, I've, I'm a big fan of the franchise, and I know that uh, kind of the Jedi have, have really like, applicable teachings that, that you can kind of carry with you throughout your life. So I think that's awesome that you, you've managed to kind of keep that going and, and practice kind of the things that the franchise has taught you. Um, where do you, where do you, like, how have you practiced? Are there YouTube videos that you kind of emulate, or do you train on your own? How does that process work? Uh, I have some martial arts background uh, that I've applied to the tricks that I've learned from watching the movies. Uh, when I was 
younger and first starting out on this, I'd go to a forest, pick up a stick, and practice the movements that I found in the movies until I nailed them. Uh, once I became an adult on my own, I started looking up videos on the specific tricks that were done in the movement movies, and I practiced those, implementing uh, some of the martial arts um, discipline. That was the wrong word. Uh, implementing some of the martial arts techniques that I uh, learned over the years into the tricks that I can perform. So would you, uh, would it be something you'd be interested in, in like doing your own YouTube channel to show other people how to do these tricks and stuff? Or is it more of just you take them and then you want to go out on the street and uh, perform them yourself? Uh, I got no problem putting videos out there showing people how to do them, but I've found so many videos that do exactly that on YouTube. I, I didn't see the point uh, up until a couple of months ago and then the pandemic hit. and right. it's difficult to find the right kind of area that doesn't like attract a crowd and get in the way of the recording. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Right. So needless to say that you're a huge fan of the franchise. Is there, we want to know what, what your favorite movie uh, is in the, in, within the franchise. Is there one that sticks out to you as being uh, your personal favorite? There are, it's actually a tie uh, between Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. And why is that? Okay. Why would those two be your, uh, your favorites? Return of the Jedi had more of an emotional redemption um, aspect to it that I found really endearing. The fact that somebody who can do such horrible things over the course of a decade, almost two decades, and he's done all these horrible things and he doesn't know what he wants, that he can find redemption and bring himself back to the light to save the people that he cares about um, speaks to me in a way. And um, for Revenge of the Sith, the fact that somebody who was so kind-hearted to other people, uh, you see it more in the deleted scenes from The Phantom Menace, but Anakin was a good person when he started. And he, he cared about other people, and the more power he got, the more arrogant he became, until uh, the arrogance led to his mistake. And uh, after witnessing the death of his mother, this downward spiral, and then viewing wife's death in a in a vision of the future just fear plus arrogance with all these mistakes that could be made over the franchise sorry i'm, I'm coming up with the wrong words here um mistakes that he could make throughout his life to then be manipulated by somebody so intent on just controlling everything i was a very easily manipulated person throughout high school so i felt more connected with Anakin Skywalker than I did Luke, but now that I'm an adult, I try to adhere more to Luke's principles than Anakin. So that's why those two movies tie for me. Fair enough. So why was it that you decided to uh, call yourself Jedi Guy? Was that something you you determined the name of, or was that given to you by other people? Uh, kind of a mix of them both. Okay. Uh, I started this, I didn't do this for attention. I was just doing this to kind of take my mind off the frustration and give myself a goal to move forward with. Right. Um, and I try to implement as much of the Jedi lifestyle as I can into my everyday life. But um, the name itself, Jedi Guy, was one of a myriad of different things. People called me the Star Wars lad, um, lightsaber guy, uh, 
lightsaber man, Star Wars man, Jedi guy, Jedi lad, a bunch of different things. Uh, I've also been called Yoda, Mace Windu, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, um, just Jedi in general. And I, I went through all the lists of things after like a year and a half of people starting to really um, thank me for what I'm doing. Uh, I decided, okay, I need to pick a name. And Jedi guy was the one that was the most frequent, frequently shouted out at me by people in their cars. So I decided to stick with that and just build off of that. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that it honestly, it, it flows nicely off the tongue. I think it. I think it's a yeah. great. Uh, I think it's a great name. It's so catchy. for those for those people listening, um, strictly in the podcast and can't view us uh, on the YouTube, you are wearing the, your Jedi robes. Are those yeah. something that you purchase, or do you hand make them? Uh, again, a kind of mix of them both. Uh, I I didn't really like the idea of. Sorry, a little bit of a backstory. Uh, I. These are not the first robes that I've worn. Uh, if, for people that have been following me over the past four years, they probably remember the, the black robes that I wore, and that was Anakin Skywalker's outfit because I was trying to be more like him until a friend told me that that just makes me Kylo Ren, and that really frustrated me. So <laughs> I tried to become me as a Jedi. Like if, if I was to be a Jedi in Star Wars, what would I look like? How would I behave? what color would my lightsaber be, et cetera, et cetera. And that, that's where the rabbit hole kicked in. Uh, but these robes were me trying to make a, a set of robes that are Jedi-esque, but personalized for me. So I went with the color palette of navy blue and brown to reflect the color palette from an outfit from one of my favorite video games. Um, and I just went forward from there and customized it until I got the look that I pictured in my head. So do you only wear this when you're going out on the street and like, for example, now on the Zoom call, or do you wear this in your everyday life? Is it like a normal uh, like outfit that you wear? Yeah, this is a everyday wear for me. This is okay. uh, normal for me as jeans and a t-shirt is for other people. So do you have multiple, uh, multiple of these that you get up and like it's in your closet, you get up and pick one each day or like how does that? Well, this is it. Uh, I have to wash them at the end of every day. Wow. So I'll, I'll take them into a, a like a tub of water and uh, uh, some laundry soap, and I'll, I'll hand wash the robe. Wow, it's impressive. You, yeah, it is impressive. You you mentioned your lightsaber there, and how it was kind of what what lightsaber that you wanted to reflect your own your own Jedi uh, self. Um, what color did you decide to go with, and and kind of tell us about the the creation behind that and and the handle uh, as well as the the lightsaber itself. Uh, the color I went with was originally blue, just because that was my favorite color, uh, of all the lightsabers in Star Wars. I felt that blue called to me a little bit more, but the color that reflects me the best, because I did research on what all the different colors mean, uh, and purple reflects me the best. So I went out of my way to make a purple lightsaber, and I even went all the way back to my hometown of... Thunder Bay, Ontario. There's a mine on the outskirts that has amethyst crystals. Wow. So I actually went out and handpicked the crystal that's inside the lightsaber right now. That's amazing. That's incre- that is incredible. Yeah, that is for those, amazing. For those, for those listening, you have to go back into the, to the to our YouTube channel and, and see. You, you can't really appreciate that until you actually see it firsthand. That, that's actually a work of art. Yeah, I got to ask about the lightsaber now. So how did you uh, make it? You made it yourself or did you go to somebody to make that for you? Or like, what was the process there? 
lots of trial and error. Uh, okay. But yes, I did this myself. Uh, but the I can't say that I made it 100% from scratch because a bunch of the components were purchased from a bunch of other websites. But I, Fair enough. I pieced it together myself. This is okay. not like a hilt that you can buy from a website. I had to apply the leather myself. Uh, everything black you see here around the, the top area yep. is, was an aluminum pipe that I had to hold steady with a Dremel and carve out a specific design. That's amazing. Uh, I had to wire everything myself. I had to put together the 3D printed crystal chamber with the chassis, the soundboard. I had to program it all. So. Man, if people don't watch our YouTube channel already, this is going to be the one that they need to go and check out because they need to see this. That is seriously, like seriously, that is a work of art right there. Jedi guy. That is very impressive. Seriously. I just realized I didn't actually answer the, uh, one of the other questions, like what went into the, um, like how this lights ever reflects me personally. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. I didn't answer that earlier. Um, no, it's okay. Every lightsaber that you see in Star Wars that has not been taken away from it. Uh, every lightsaber in Star Wars was created by somebody. It is my personal opinion that the creator of that lightsaber is the owner of that lightsaber because they created it to reflect themselves. You can see it most, especially with Kylo Ren and how it's kind of like an unstable black. There's a wire on the outside because it couldn't fit on the inside. It's just like messed up a bunch. And it's, it's incredibly unstable and rabid like him. Uh, Anakin's lightsaber had thicker grip because of his robotic arm being a little bigger. Darth Vader's was meant to uh, resemble Anakin's original lightsaber, just being a little bit more dark. Um, Mace Windu covered his in Electrum because he felt that he was more special than a lot of the other Jedi on the Council. There's, there's a bunch of different examples I can give, but for mine, I focused on what's practical. So um, the shroud, I wanted to resemble wolf ears a little bit. Wolves are the animal that calls to me the most, spiritually. Um, I got a recharge port on the middle so that I don't have to take it apart to plug it in and recharge the battery. Uh, leather grip so that I can uh, so that I can hold it a little more steady during combat and um, I'm not sure what else to say about it. I I just found the pieces that called to me for practicality in terms of actual dueling with a lightsaber because I, I don't just put this on a, a shelf and I don't just do tricks with it. It's combat ready. So, so have you ever uh, been in combat with it? Yes, actually, my YouTube video shows a couple of uh, friendly sparring matches on our May the 4th celebration. Over the okay, time. okay. Uh, in terms of a real-world fight, which is what I think you were referring to, I've been in a real-world fight with it three times. Um, they did not last long, and they're not... It's not like I, I kicked the crap out of them and he went home crying. It's, it's more like a person tackled me to the ground, and I hit him instinctually with the back end of the pommel, which, and by the way, it's solid aluminum, so... Right. Okay. It's not so, plastic. Yeah. That that's definitely. I well. I'm I'm sorry to hear that you had to use it. That's kind of a frightening situation. Um, yeah. like, which kind of leads me to my next question. Like you're you're in public on King Street quite a bit. Um, and my question to you is, what's something like? How? What's the response? Would you say the general response is positive? And and also, 
what would you, I guess my question is for those who, who negatively react to what you do, what's something, because people don't know who you are. People don't know about you. What's one thing that you could tell the public um, about Jedi Guy? Uh, all right. Now, my apologies. I'm going to have to take those questions one at a time. The first one was, um, what, what are the, what's the general reaction? Mm -hmm. people yeah. I would say it's 80%, 80% negative, 20% positive, but the 20% positive is really, really powerful. Like right. the 80% the that's negative is usually just, oh, show me a trick or um, uh, go home or put that away, turn it off, insults, insults. And uh, I've had people throw, um, like they'll drive up behind me slow down the car and pour beer over my head and then drive off. Uh, I've had people throw a full McDonald's meal at me, like a fries, burger, and a drink, uh, and then speed off. I've had a bunch of negative situations that have happened, but the positives always outweigh the negatives. But in terms of a nightly venture, I'd say it's 80 to 20 ratio, but I prefer the 20 ratio. Yeah, absolutely. And that's people, people are honestly assholes. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and, but like, as you said, like you're, you're practicing the Jedi ways and then I can only, I can only assume that this has kind of helped make you who you are today and like helped make you stronger. Like you must have a pretty thick skin. Um, and that's, that's all due to the fact that kind of you, you brush off these negative reactions and, and kind of continue doing what you love to do. And it's incredibly respectable. Um, I, I started doing this to, with the mentality of, uh, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm not scaring anybody. And therefore what I'm doing should not affect them. After I started getting more positive reactions, I managed to take the headphones out of my ears because I started just listening to music and ignoring everybody. Um, cause I knew the negativity was going to come. You can't do anything in life without somebody getting offended or somebody getting upset. So you might as well do what you love and say, screw everybody else's opinion. But now I've started to listen to the positive and the negative opinions and grow emotionally as much as I can from that, learn from what people have said, positive or negative. Um, for, for the positive ones, it's, it's very encouraging and uplifting. And for the negative statements, it's, um, it makes me stronger as a person to, to hear the negative statements. Um, I used to say something to myself, and I can't remember what it was, but it always made me feel better, even with the negative statements that were shouted on a nightly basis. So uh, I, I've never seen you out. I've never visited uh, Laurier. I went to Western, actually, and I just graduated. But um, why, I, just wanted, I was just curious, like, why was it that you decided to do it uh, out in public? Uh, I know like, you explained why you got into it in the first place. Um, and then you just mentioned that when you first started doing it, you were wearing headphones when you would go out to kind of like tune it out, I assume. Um, yep. why was it that you, you wanted to go out in public and do it rather than let's say, uh, be in your backyard and be in private and, and, uh, like hone your skills. Uh, and, but you decided to go in public. It was more of a freedom thing. Uh, I, when I do it out in the backyard, uh, and first of all, when I, when I started the place I was living in didn't have one. Okay. Um, but that's, that's, uh, uh, even if it did, I wouldn't have gone out in the backyard because I, I, I feel restricted in that sense. So I feel like being able to do it in public is more of a, um, 
freeing uh, feeling for me. I, I feel like so long as I'm not hurting anybody, threatening anybody or yeah. anything of that sort, so long as I'm not breaking the, the law or any of my moral principles, I should be allowed to do it down King Street University, Bridge, whatever. Um, I don't know how to end that sentence. Um, yeah, fair enough. So you do it for more of like the freedom aspect of it and and being able to go and express yourself and do your own thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Respect it's, that. Respect that. This is what other people say. I back that. Yeah, that's that's an awesome kind of mindset to have to approach things. I know we, we Zach and I just recently got off that call with Laurier and we kind of preached the same thing about kind of the negativity we got um, starting the podcast and maybe some naysayers out there telling us that it's stupid. Don't do it. You're not going to go anywhere with it. But again, like if you if you love what you do, like what other people think is really not your problem. It's it's, yeah. it's more more so on them than it is on you. So I have some questions that are more related to kind of the, the movies. Um, okay. I wanted to know how you felt about the conclusion of the franchise in that final could episode. So could you repeat that? It could have been handled better. <laughs> so how would I agree? I agree. What 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 are your thoughts on on what should have been done? They should have had a story laid out from the beginning. And I think they should have paid respect to the, to the original trilogy characters instead of killing them off in every movie. Like the seventh movie, Han Solo dies. The eighth movie, Luke Skywalker dies. And the ninth movie, Carrie Fisher dies. Oh, sorry, um, Leia, Princess Leia dies. And it's, it's, it's a never-ending frustration of, of showing what I think they were trying to do. It's just like, okay, out with the old, in with the new. And I'm like, yeah, but the old is where the money's at. That's where all the fans are. We don't care about Ray, Kylo Ren, Poe, and Finn. You bring those new characters in, that's great, but don't disrespect the old characters. Don't make it like, okay, their story's done and over with. We're just going to put them in to bring the old fans back. I, I try my best not to focus. Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, so I, I found that kind of the them bringing um, like Chancellor Palpatine um, like back into the mix um, was kind of a lazy, a lazy way to conclude the franchise. Yeah, it, that's the. I think that's the result of the handing of the torch way of how they handled the movies. It was J.J. Abrams, uh, Episode Seven, and then he passed the torch on to Ryan Johnson, and we all know how that worked out. And then he passes the torch on to another guy who got fired uh, for creative differences, and then that torch was handed back to J.J. to conclude the thing. It wasn't. They didn't talk to each other. They didn't have one cohesive story. They didn't have one idea. It was all just, here's my idea. Now it's your turn. All right, here's my idea. Now it's your turn. And it, it, that never worked well. Yeah, I, I agree. It definitely could have been handled better. But uh, another question, kind of going back to episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith, we mentioned kind of the progression of Anakin from, from light to dark side. If you could, here's a little like, challenge for you, I guess. If you had five minutes alone in a room with Anakin Skywalker, what would be your pitch to keep him from turning to the dark side? What would you, what would you say to him if you had five minutes alone in, in a room? Probably the same advice that Qui-Gon Jinn would give to him. Um, one, meets his, one often meets his destiny on the road to avoid it. If you try your best to, to try to prevent Padme's death, it's probably going to cause it. You need to learn to take a breath, accept things as they are, move forward. Stop worrying so much about being 
uh, on the council, being a master and progressing through the ranks and just focus on being the best version of you that you can possibly be. That to me is what makes a Jedi Knight as good of a Jedi Knight as they can be in terms of uh, service to the light. Because um, when you're, the only time you try to prevent something from happening is when you're afraid of it happening. And fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering, and suffering leads exactly the route that he takes so take a breath instead of worrying about the future pay attention to the present what do you have now you have a wife who's pregnant with your child he doesn't know his children at the time so um you you have a wonderful future ahead of you with one nightmare don't let the one nightmare destroy the future sometimes that's, a that's dream the... is just a dream yeah that's incredibly, that's incredibly powerful. Like movie alone. Yeah. Yeah. There's no denying that, but in, just in life as well, that's definitely applicable advice or an applicable mindset you can carry with you or anybody listeners can carry with them uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Don't let kind of the future affect your present and just be the best version of yourself. Like you said. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Jedi guy, I think, uh, I think that's all, all the uh, questions we wanted to ask you wanted to thank you for taking the time to come on and share a little bit about yourself and about your journey. Uh, I know that like Ryan just said, there's definitely some things that you said here that were applicable to everyday life. And in terms of how you go about living uh, and like not caring what other people think and going about doing what's right for you and doing what's best for you. And I think that that's something people can take with them from this interview. And uh, man, we also learned like you are, you're, incredibly talented incredibly talented your uh, ability to make the outfits that you wear your hand washing your robes every single night and the like your lightsaber is absolutely incredible like seriously i can't wait for people to see it because it's so impressive like but it's yeah, not even done yet. sorry what That's was that it's not done yet i've got a couple of things i gotta add to it before it's actually finished Wow. I can't wait to see the final product then. Can't we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch with you regarding the, the final product because we'd love to keep up to date and, and, and find out what's going on uh, lightsaber-wise. But just to conclude here, Jedi Guy, um, if there's one thing that you want, would want people to know about the real you, if there's one thing you could say to the public that they may not get a chance to, to know normally, what would you tell them about yourself? Um, that I am not doing this for attention. Uh, I'm just trying to be the best kind of Jedi that I can be. It's, that's basically it. I, I just want to be the best version of myself that I can be while following the path of a Jedi Knight. So, Thank you so wow. much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us. And it's been, it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, no, it's been an absolute honor. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you very thank much you for joining, joining us. us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you. You, you as well. well. Wow. What can I say? Like Jedi guy has been, see, I've, I've, I go to school in Waterloo and I always see Jedi guy like wandering the street, but I've never, I've never actually taken the time to speak with him. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I did like just every, all the insight that he was able to give um, just about how you can deal with negativity and ways you can channel negative energy and into positivity. Yeah. Just amazing, insightful stuff. And, and just how it kind of just made me realize how the lessons uh, in Star Wars are, 
are incredibly applicable to real life situations. Yeah. And how you can cool. really carry those values and, and, and kind of change your life for the better. I think that's a super cool story. We were super excited and, and just honored to be able to chat with him and kind of find out a little bit about a man who's maybe not always the most understood. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I agree. It was like, we were, we were able to learn so much just about how to handle situations in your life and how to have a different outlook and how to not care about what people think. And then on top of that, like bonus for us, the amount of times that he showed his lightsaber and like the outfit he was wearing and stuff like this is if people aren't watching the YouTube already, this is going to be the episode that's got to get people onto our YouTube channel. Like, first of all, you can see the two of us just being absolute idiots on camera the entire time. Um, this is true. We had OC join us and you can see him looking like Jordan Spieth wearing his full like Under Armour golf attire. And then talking Robert Downey Jr. Uh, goatee had going on and <laughs> yeah, like looking a little grizzled. And then I'm wearing a Kent Nakamichi autographed Markham Waxers jersey, like still wearing it still whole episode. I'm going to keep this thing on. Maybe I'll wear it on our trip this weekend. Like who knows? We'll see. It might have to be a play. Yeah. And then like you can see all of these different things. You can see Jedi guy. You see the lightsaber. You see the robes. You see the jersey. You see OC. What like? Why would you not want to watch the YouTube as well? There's just so there's so much going on. So, it definitely adds a, a whole new element that I think yeah. is just unparalleled with just the audio experience. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, thanks to Jedi guy for joining us. Special interview. So happy to be able to have him on. What a time that was. Well, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to following his socials. Uh, we're going to post those out on, on our IG channel and uh, I, I want to know exactly when he's going out so I can meet him in person, six feet apart, obviously social distancing yeah, and, and of course. say, uh, stay safe. Thank you, man. Thank you for what you're doing. Yes. This is an inspiration really. Yes. So Miggy, I wanted to talk to you about this because I kind of want to get your opinion on it. When I heard this, I, and maybe it's, it, maybe it's not justified, and this is kind of why I wanted to ask you to like, just let me know how, how much of maybe a shitty person I am. You, so you can, you can be as honest as you'd like, but okay, we'll see. We'll see. Um, my sisters are both division one athletes at Quinnipiac university. They both, they play different sports, but they both go, they go to the same school. Um, one is a soccer goalie and one of them runs cross country track. Um, yeah, I guess cross country track, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> So most of their school, well, first of all, they're going back this Friday because we're recording on the Wednesday. So when, by the time this comes out, they'll be gone. So they were talking about like all the stuff that goes on at their school and how things are going to be different because of the current situation. And then one of the things they were talking about is that at their school, the majority of the school is student athletes. So most of them are division one athletes, like a small percentage of the school actually doesn't, doesn't play sports. Um, this, <laughs> the athletes are widely known as NARPs and NARPs are <laughs> N-A-R-P, non-athletic regular person. And the NARPs at their school are somewhat like, I don't, I don't know if this is the right way to put it because it's probably going to come across as like kind of mean and like high school bullyish, but like they're almost like shunned a little bit. <laughs> I know that my sister said like the NARPs aren't allowed to eat in the same area of the cafeterias. Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, 
So like, cause I'll talk to my sisters when they're away at school and they'll be like, yeah, like this NARP did this or this NARP did that. I'm like, yo, chill. Like I'm a NARP. <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, he's a NARP. What's wrong with being a NARP? Yeah. yeah. Like relax. But That's anyways. So no, hold on. Before you continue, I just yeah. got an interjection saying <laughs> the eating of like, you're not allowed to eat in the same area as the student athletes. If you're a NARP, like what I'm imagining is the NARP are the, the student athletes lining up for this like gourmet, like whole foods buffet yeah. and then the narps being like just like escorted to like the burger king across the way yeah. like, just getting, like, yeah. absolute Honestly. shit food i just like think about uh uh like that scene in mean girls and they're like you can't sit with us or whatever you know what i'm talking about <laughs> it's like the narps trying to sit with like the student athletes and like no you like you can't sit with us just a but, weird side eye glance yeah just some disapproval <laughs> and disgust yeah like honestly so anyways my sisters are saying basically um how it works is they have these all the athletes have these rings and they put like so the soccer team for example puts their practice and game jerseys and shorts and stuff on these rings they put their socks on the rings and then it's just like this plastic ring that holds everything on it you take it over to the laundry room or wherever it's got to go and you just leave it and then when you come back like the rings hanging in your stall with all your stuff on it all washed in your stall yeah yeah well i guess i just naturally assumed that the team had um managers or like, yeah managers manager. and stuff that washed the equipment little did i know that the NARPs get hired to wash the athletes' equipment. So it's like their jobs. So they make money from washing the athletes' equipment. So wow. in my head, so when I heard this, I was like, I was like laughing so hard, like I couldn't breathe. Like I had like one tears like coming out of my eyes. Like, and the reason I found it so funny was all I could imagine is these athletes living these lavish lives, getting all these like clothes and stuff from the university having these amazing meals sitting in like the popular section like sitting like lush leather seats and stuff like at amazing dinner tables and then the narps like eating off the floor eating scraps wearing like there's there's (laughs) two things there's two things that i think about when i think about narps number one i think for some reason the image of like ball boys at like tennis championships come to mind yes yeah i just stand by the wall and just wait patiently <laughs> until it's their turn to do anything and then number two is that scene from austin powers where he's in the, like, the laundry cart and fat bastard comes oh, and he throws his, yes. throws his like <laughs> little like sumo uh underwear at him <laughs> like, that's- yeah so basically how i'm picturing it in my head is like the athletes are all like you're living in this rainbow world. It's all sunshines and Utopia, golden. And, yes. And then the NARPs are like in this gray, dingy, sad, like cartoon <laughs> world. Rain cloud like, following them around everywhere. Yeah. They're all like begging for food and stuff like hand washing the clothes and crying in the back. <laughs> oh no. I was like laughing so hard. <laughs> but, hey man, we're all, we're all NARPs at one point or another. I guess so. I guess so. I just thought some he was sooner so, than others, but so eventually funny. it'll get us all. Yeah, I just thought it was so funny. Like, wow. Well, like, what a you know who what a would be a narp? Who's that? Rod Brendamore. Yeah, you're right. He never would be, man. <laughs> I think he's the one person on planet Earth who will never be a, a narp. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. Actually, hmm. Maybe that's what we'll. Maybe that's like another master debaters we'll have to do. Like yeah, top that could be, ten that could be a good people one. who will never be narps. 
like uh the rock the rock okay uh terry uh, cruz john cena <laughs> um hmm. no let's save it let's save it maybe we'll we'll pull yeah, that one, we gotta, <laughs> we'll yeah, pull that one out later we can't we can't blow them all now we can't blow them all now but yeah i know we gotta, no. we gotta leave something for you guys because like we we love surprises yeah we got some surprises on the way um we have again like we did early in may when we got this thing launched up again for phase two of our podcast uh, journey we had uh interviews banked and yeah. then we had so many banked that we like it was literally we didn't have, need to record a single interview for the whole summer because they, we just already had them yeah and that's kind of where we find ourselves currently we're kind of getting back into uh, that mindset of, of attack mode and getting after the interviews again so hopefully we can bring you the content you guys want to hear yes um in terms of corporate deals don't even get me started uh they're they're that, there's nothing there's nothing yet but they're happening soon <laughs> sure well, well 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 there's none yet <laughs> there's none yet but but hey we're, we're in talks with some some people and we're excited man we got big things coming as always we've yes. literally said that since day one but we are meaning it, it I think we can, we're following up we're yeah. delivering yes well mcgee i think we're about at the end of the episode um we got to give out our lot of the week and i know you said to me you're like hey man there's there's a guy i got to give it to there is a guy I got to give it to. Uh, he, I know him. I know him really well. Great lad. Yeah. But I, yep. I'll just let you take this one over. I'll let you. I'll let you introduce him. And talk about who he is and why he's getting a lot of the week. So have at oh, it. Cool. Buddy. Will do. He That's might it. be here. I don't know. I will see. I'll, I'll see if I can, he can join us later. But the lad of the week this week goes to none other than my roommate and high school buddy, Reed McKinnis. Cheers to Reed. So why why is Reader getting it? Do you you got a reason or is it just Well, we we he's getting it. He's getting it. Well, we we have no Wi-Fi. Um right. Reed's providing all the video games. He's doing his thing. He's just making the house uh just just a better place to live, a better environment to live in. So You need one of those too, guys right? like kicking around. Just just bringing it up for everybody, handling the situation, you know, making everyone yeah. feel at home. That's yeah, perfect. Exactly. Like you guys are in an uncomfortable situation, no internet. Like what the hell do you do about that? Attaboy reader, keeping yeah. it on lockdown, keeping the boys energy. He, I think he, I think he said no to coming on and doesn't want to show face on the pod, but oh, he's coming. He's coming. Oh, here coming. we go. Here we go. No, I was Hold nominated, but I'm, th- I'm thankful for the award. Dude, honestly, you're very deserving, very deserving. He told me you're making all the boys feel comfortable and at home out there. So uh, I, I couldn't see best. like a better person to give it to. I appreciate that, Billy. I appreciate that. Doing my best, doing my best to contribute. It's been a good, it's been a good ride so far, and it's only going to get better from here. So for sure, for sure. How much, uh, how much school you got left? Is this your last year? This is my last year. Yeah, I'm one, one year and done. So I'm going to live it up with these boys the best we can during this weird time. And you know what I mean. Enjoy yeah. the, the last rip that, that I can in university. Yeah, for sure. That's the way to do it, man. Make the most of it. We, uh, we already talked about we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a lot of Palooza at your place. So I'm sure, I'm sure you'll be a big part of that. Like people are going to be so excited to meet Lot of the Week, Reed McKinnis. So pretty pumped well, about that. Show, show, them, show them why I won this award and why I was so deserving of winning this award. So, so when that day comes, when we see you here, you, you'll see why. Exactly. Exactly. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Reed. Congrats, buddy. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you, Philly. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Reed McKinnis, ladies and gentlemen, Lot of the Week. Yes legendary reader I <laughs> well i think that's that what wraps man. up the app 
um, for real this time. We got the interview with yes. uh, the one and only uh, reader. Yeah. And yeah, big things to come. Big things to come. Yes. And uh, I guess the only way to find out what's to come is if you tune in. Same time, same place, same lawn chairs. Cheers, lots and lots. Cheers.